it's Megan. And Nicole. Welcome to It's Cool Us Too. Where we chat different parts about being a woman in your 30s and realize honestly, we all go through the same shit, just from different angles. <laughs> I loved it. Hello, everyone. Good evening. That took a lot for me to be that excited. <laughs> I know. We're so the it's great that we record on Mondays because I feel like it's uh, it's a great day to have something that you're looking forward to, but it's also yeah. hard to record on Mondays. It's hard to get it up. It's harder to get it up on a Monday. It's like the case of the Mondays and you know, sometimes okay, actually. Oh my god, I'm all over the place. I listened to I was driving. Um actually dropped Nicole off yesterday at the airport in Toronto because she was flying back to Ottawa. Yep. And I turned on um I was a bit sad because everything was over. So I was like I'm going to turn on a Tinks episode because as I do, I thought that that would be nice. But then I didn't realize that I was almost finished the episode that I had been listening to. So then it went to our most recent episode. So I ended up listening to like 20 minutes of our most recent episode. And I was like, damn, we're great. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was listening to it and I was like, this is, this is good shit. This is good content. And I mean, I guess that just shows that I, I love myself and I think I'm interesting, but, um, I think when we're recording this sometimes and you're in your own little bubble, you're like, that was shit. You're like, that wasn't very good. Or like, was it very good? You kind of get in your own head about it, but I was proud of us. It's like that's sweet. We've got, we've got some good banter. You didn't text me though, so I didn't. I didn't text anyone uh, yesterday. I died. I was so tired after this weekend. Okay, so let's back up a hot minute. Yeah. So we're also both quite. I don't. I wouldn't say hungover, and I'll explain why in a second. So this past weekend, we were in Crystal Beach for Meg's 35th birthday extravaganza, which was Big phenomenal birthday. and wonderful. And I'll let you talk about what we did and from your perspective. But two things I want to just raise that this was very eye-opening. One, each of us came with our own personal stock of uh, Tums or Gaviscon, yeah. our own personal stock of like Tylenol and Advil. We went hard, but we were all in bed by midnight and then all up the next morning at 8 (laughs) a.m. And you're tired. You were tired yesterday to your own fault slightly. It came from a lovely, generous place. Yeah, but it was silly. Megan's like, I just want Nicole to sleep and have a good night's sleep. So I'm going to go sleep on the couch for a little bit. And I'm like, babe, I got my white noise. I've popped some melatonin. (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to like pass the F out. And I did. No, I think so. Basically, I'm a world-class snorer. Um, and the first night I fell asleep hard. Well, I kind of like, I drunkenly passed out, but then I woke up a couple of hours later and I think Nicole was like still awake. Like, are you would like. I was TikToking. Yeah, she was, she had, she was still awake and I was like, oh God, like, cause it's when I'm falling asleep that my snoring is really bad. Um, once I'm asleep, I'm okay. You're fine. But, um, yeah, I was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want this to happen again. Cause I didn't want her to be tired. So I, um, I went out to the couch, which there was so many great things about this Airbnb. The couch was not a particularly comfortable couch. No. Um, so yeah, I didn't get a great sleep. 
I didn't really, I mean, I'm sure no one got like a fantastic sleep the two days that we were there. I got a great sleep that last night because right. again, I had the melatonin. Teresa gave me her eye mask, yes. which like also covered my ears. So I felt like I was like sensory deprived a little bit. Plus I put my white noise on. I was like the perfect level of drunk. I had a great sleep. But okay. to also no showcase- to showcase where you were at near the end of the <laughs> evening, I came into our bedroom and our bedroom went right off to the balcony and there was a hot tub. I just come in like from like washing my face and Megan's just in there. She's taken <laughs> half of the cover off of the hot tub and she's just sitting there like having a drink and staring at the full moon. <laughs> I'm like, you okay, babe? No, actually like, Nicole came out and said, are you crying? I thought you were crying. I was like, is everything okay? I was like, no, no, I'm not crying. But I was just like marveling at the weekend that we'd had. So I probably did look a bit wistful because I was just like, oh my goodness, what an amazing. But I was just like fully by myself in the hot tub and also. In a half hot tub. In a half. I do that actually at home because I'm so lazy. I don't want to take the whole thing off and put the whole thing. My parents have a hot tub and I, I do do that. So if my mom's listening, she'll recognize that behavior. Um, but no, it was a fantastic weekend. We, we were there on Friday. We went to Rizzo's house of Parm, which is a Maddie Matheson restaurant. Um, and Delicious. it was oh my God. crazy good. They ended we up swag. They got, they gave us swag. Sweet, sweet. Nigel was our, um, our server. Nigel the server. He was so, so sweet. Um, several, several of my friends, uh, bought me a bottle of Prosecco um, so we, I don't think we even had to pay for any extra wine. I think it was, um, we had an espresso martini on arrival. Um, and yeah, then the next day we puttered around in the morning, watched Summer House on repeat, which was like kind of my perfect morning slash afternoon. Yeah. Um, had some drinks, got in the hot tub and then Nicole got me fully ready upstairs. Um, everyone like shooed me away from the main floor and, um, everyone had planned this like insane disco themed night. So there were like disco balls everywhere and balloons, like covering the ceiling streamers on every door. It was like really cool and beautiful. Everyone was like dressed up uh, I had like a big scar- sparkly, big sparkly skirt on. Um, and then everyone made fondue, which is like one of my favorite, favorite foods. There was like meatballs and salad and yeah, it was just, it was amazing. We got drunk and played games. And as you said, we're in bed pretty early. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like when you don't have any real plans, like we spent so much time together just like chatting, you know, like throughout the, throughout the day. So it didn't feel like we needed more time, if that makes sense. Like it was nice. I think that we didn't, yeah, we didn't have too much going on. Yeah. No, it was a great weekend. And, yeah. uh, I just, there's a video of Meg when she comes downstairs and sees the decorations and she literally looks like a child because her hands are up and she's like squealing running her hands through all of the streamers from the ceiling. Be like, yeah. Ah! I like run around the room. I'm just like, ah! and I did feel like a child. I didn't, I, I never squeal like that. No, you don't. <laughs> it was like very bizarre. I was like, what am I doing? I mean, I was a little bit tipsy, so maybe that's yeah. why, but um, 
yeah, it was a good it time. Was, it was a really, really good time. Um, and actually, like, at the end of the night on the Saturday, I had a conversation with a couple people who are still up of, like, well, I'm sure it was about a bunch of stuff. But that conversation, the way I left it, um, we talked a lot about how it's sad. Or I was saying it's sad because, like, these weekends are so important now. Like, the weekends, like, where you get time with your friends to go away are so important because – People naturally, it's the splinter era stuff, but it's also just like everyone has so many priorities in life as they get older. Um, and um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of left that. I, I was just feeling a bit like sad, I think. And like, I don't know, in the way that you do when you're drinking on your birthday and you're like, oh, it's like all over. And it was this big, exciting weekend that we planned. Um, but I think, Cole, you said like there's so much still like ahead of your best days you are still and, to come. Yeah. And like friendships change and alter, but like the love is all still there. Like in terms of like not change and alter in a negative way, but more just the time that you spend with people and, you know, the, the activities that you do with those people and where they're at in their lives. Like that's the kind of stuff that always gets me in my feels, but it was good to like vocalize it. And then everyone was just like, you'll be fine. <laughs> It's going to be yeah. fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I, um, it, yeah. The thing that really caught for me is I had talked so much about how after my birthday, I was so overwhelmed and like to the point that I felt so anxious, which we now know, thank you to my therapist, that it wasn't anxiety. It was just, again, significant amounts of emotions that I wasn't really used to feeling. And I remember Meg being like, I feel physically sick at how overwhelmed I'm feeling by this. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. It's a lot to take in, but it's, it's um, wild how being so loved and like cared for in that way can make you feel like, Oh, Holy shit. Wait a second. Yeah. I just have, n- I don't think I ever will have a better birthday. Like it was just, Really, 35. it was just really, really crazy. Like the level of detail that you guys went to and like, it was perfect. Like everything was exactly what I would have wanted. And obviously like, as you get older, your friends just know you so well. Um, but I felt so special. Like I just, which is amazing, but also is a little bit like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, it's so funny because like you feel so overwhelmed and like a little bit anxious and it's so good. And you're like, seriously, body, like, don't do this to me. Like, this is all so good. We deserve Just let me... good things. Yeah, we deserve good things. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was great. Um, we wanted to revisit the conversation around the splinter era. Um, but before we do, Nicole, any updates from your week? No. No, it was just, it was a good time. The only thing I wanted to add was um, <clears throat> one of my favorite parts of this weekend was the first night I got there because I flew in early to Toronto um, and I stayed at Megan's and we're going to bed and all of a sudden Megan just goes, <laughs> I said, we can cut this out if you don't want me to. I don't it. remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Megan just grabs all of her cards from her birthday. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's fine. We can keep this in. 
And it was the most adorable, like, like absolutely, like, precious thing I've ever seen. She grabbed all of her cards, like, with both of her hands to her chest and was like, as we're saying goodnight, she's like, I just want to read them all without someone looking at me. And literally, would be in, like, the other room. And she's reading the cards. And I just go, I hear these, like, sounds being like, oh. Like, <laughs> and the next morning, Megan woke up. She's like cards strewn around. She slept with them, <laughs> which is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Talk about your friends knowing you really well. I mean, I love a card. Like I, I love, love a card words too. of affirmation. I was like, man, this is, so I was opening them up and I was like, there's some novels in here. Like I, so I was trying to read them quickly because it was several people had given me a presence at the same time. So I didn't want to like take too long. Um, the, the social anxiety in me, but then I was like quite tipsy on Thursday night and was like, I just want to like relive the cards. Like, I just remember being like, who needs TikTok? I have, I have these cards that I can reread. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. That was really great. Now they're all up in my apartment, which is yeah. nice. Oh, that was it. That's I've got nothing else to add. We can proceed. Thank you. Okay. Um. So Nicole, mm-hmm. talk to me about get it getting friends. Talk to me about getting friends. It's a loaded fucking um, question. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I think we kind of left off in the previous conversation about Splinter Era, which was like honestly one of my favorite. My one of my favorite episodes, I think, of this year. Um, we left off talking it, yeah. about kind of like what the challenges are of having close friendships in your 30s and um the impact of the sort of the fact that we're all splintering off on that. But in this episode, kind of wanted to continue that conversation to some extent and talk about new versus old friendships in your 30s and kind of what the purpose of friendship is in your 30s and how that might have differed from previous eras of your life um so what do you see a different purpose for old versus new friends in your 30s yeah I think I don't think you have to think about what the purpose is in your 20s friends are friends and you kind of just like you've got maybe fewer categories that you're trying to fulfill it's like I truly look back at my twenties and I'm like, okay, well I had like the way I divided my friendships were, okay, these are my Ottawa friends. These are my Queens friends. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it. Um, and the purpose, again, slightly different just based on like geography and like when I saw you and things like that, but it was pretty standard. Whereas now I feel like I've got such a deeper understanding of my own needs and, uh, the people, especially the ones that I've had for so long, um, I understand how we connect as individuals and it's not necessarily a group thing anymore. I don't hold people to like a group standard. It's, I am holding people accountable as individuals or, Mm. um, and I think now I recognize not everyone's going to be everything for me. Mm. So there's people that I love just because I like, I love being around them and they bring me joy. There's people that I can have really deep and meaningful conversations with. There's people that I know are up for a good time. Um, and they can be a little bit of everything too, but 
I think the purpose of like the difference between my twenties and thirties, I'm just more aware of who people are as individuals than I maybe have ever been before. Yeah. And I think actually, I, I, I think that's so smart the way that you've put that. I don't know if I was able to articulate that even to myself, but I think part of the, the like weird feels that I was having on Saturday, well, part of it was just drinking copious amounts of Prosecco. Um, but another part of it is recognizing that it is less about like this group dynamic anymore. And so much more about the individual friendships that you have with people like, and reflecting on my twenties and, and I mean, I'm 35 and some of my thirties, I always sort of was a part of like a, a, like a tribe of people. Like if you think about um, Queens, there was like a a group of us. And then I went to the UK and while I had sort of different pockets of friends, like I often was in like a big group and the dynamic of your friendships was often the dynamic of the group. And I think it's been interesting now moving in on my own and feeling moving out of like a place with two of my close friends and being like, Oh, like the dynamic is it's always changing. Right. Because we're all changing and, and it makes sense, but it's, I think it just, it nests, it's necessary that that happens as you get older because, you know, living with a partner and you having children, like all of those things kind of happen. And I don't know why this weekend made me think about that a lot, but it just made it really clear that like, we're getting older, things are changing. Um, I think the other thing too is in your twenties, I think some people kind of fly under the radar and it was about like, this is going to sound, I mean, it sounds so bitchy about this, but it was all about like inclusivity and, you know, as a group, we're doing everything together and right, yes, regardless of individual relationships. And I think that there's at this point in time, it's like the relationships that I have with certain people, that's what I cherish. I don't really care about a wider group, which mm. may get me into trouble, but like I care more about the relationship I have with the person and it just so happens that they're part of this group and I don't really I kind of adjust myself accordingly now too of like the impact that I put in and out of different friendships or relationships and um I think as well with newer relationships coming into my life you know like I had friends in London don't really talk to them anymore (laughs) that you know were wonderful at the time, but were very seasonal friendships, I think, on uh, both ends. And then I have friends, you know, here that are brand new and um, really are ingraining in different sides. But the needs that I have and the people that I need to have around me, it doesn't really matter the dynamic of, like, the friendship infrastructure that's in place. It's, yeah. It's more about the people and the what we can build together yeah I don't know I think I'm still wrestling with like I really loved I love like a group dynamic and when we talk about um we had that conversation about traveling and I talked about traveling in a group like even if it's for a short period of time I think I just get very nostalgic for this idea of like 
a group dynamic. And um, I think it's hard when I think about how large majority of, well, basically everyone except for one of my newer friends, um, Julia, this weekend, like we all have been a part of different dynamics together. Like we've all been part of different group dynamics together. I don't entirely know what I'm trying to say because I don't know if I've even like figured it out for myself, but it was just a, if anyone else resonates with this, like this feeling of your friendships moving much more into like an individual one-on-one and less of a group sort of little ecosystem. Um, Yeah. But I also think there's some responsibility that each of us have to hold as well right? Being in your thirties, you've got a line here that says you have to continually opt in. That's you choose it, that you choose it is what gives its value. Mm. And I think there's in a larger group dynamic, not everyone opts in for everyone. And it's the one-on-one relationships that to me define what's going to make the most successful group dynamic. Yeah. And I guess that's the interesting yeah, I guess so. And also that could just be a capacity thing too, you know? Totally. You, you don't have capacity to opt in for everyone anymore. You have to be more selective. Yeah. Like time is valuable. And with how much effort I think relationships take as you get older, like that's fine. It's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not like I'm formally breaking up with people, but it's just I move my energy elsewhere. Yeah. It's a reallocation of resources. Yeah, I just, that is really hard for me. And it's interesting too, you being in the other end of this, this this whole like splinter era, I feel like I'm, maybe it's just newer for me. Well, I think it's not even about, it doesn't have to be a permanent thing either. You can put yeah. certain friendships on a shelf for a time. Yeah. You, you, you occasionally walk by and you missed it with the water bottle to make sure that it doesn't die. <laughs> but like you don't have to, you know, be repotting it and resoiling it and, you know, whispering sweet things to it to make sure that it grows. Hell, I don't know. Like you don't have to continuously do that. You, I think there's ebbs and flows in relationships in your 30s. And I think the relationships that stand the test of time, especially ones that you've had for extended periods of time, that's natural and it's going to happen. Like even when we moved abroad there were natural ebbs and flows in relationships that with people that stayed in Canada. Yeah. I think it's circumstances. I think it's, you know, what you're going through. I think it's distance. I think it's also just like, you can't relate to the other person. It could be more, uh, negative reasons too. Like you just don't share the same values anymore. You don't see eye to eye. There could be conflict. Like there's a number of other reasons there, but you can, Pulling your energy back, I think, is actually an act of self-care for yourself because Mm. it also means that you can then reinvest that energy into the people that deserve it. Yeah. No. And I mean, this weird, very esoteric thing, this this, uh, rabbit hole that I've taken us down here is not a reflection on anyone from this weekend. I think it's just, it's realizing that I'm getting older probably. Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's good and it's hard. Um, and I'm sure that people listening can, um, like resonate with that. Yeah. What, oh, what, um, yeah, big, intense. Um, 
Okay, so in terms of purpose of old friends and new friends, I, I completely agree. I don't really think... I guess that there's an element of like old friends knowing you in a different way and sort of new friends maybe bringing out new sides of you. Um, but I think all of this relates to kind of the different expectations in your 30s um, that, that you might have for friendships. And we've kind of touched on this, this idea of, well, we've definitely touched on this. We talked about how you kind of continually need to opt in. You've got more limited capacity in terms of time. Um, but I was reading something that uh, I thought was really interesting. It was around friendships in your thirties really needing you to hold you accountable in ways that maybe mm. friendships in your twenties um, is more about sort of spending time together, right? Like in your twenties, or at least in my twenties, I was part of like a group of friends and it was just about being around each other and less about having those like serious in-depth conversations. Of course, I had some friends that I was doing that with, but I would say the majority of well, all of my really good friendships now need some element of that. Like, okay, how are you doing? Like, how's your, how's your heart? How's your brain doing? Like, what do you want out of life right now? And not necessarily like, you know, checking in, like, did you go to the gym this morning? But more like, because you are talking about these real issues with your friend, that's, that's one of the people you're close with. Like they kind of, um, they do end up holding you accountable because they know kind of what's going on in your, in your brain and in your heart. Like I just, I thought that that was very true, at least of my friendships. Now I definitely feel like I expect that more from my friendships. Yeah, I think there's just like you kind of it's almost like on a video game you like reach a new level. It's like, okay, well what's going to nurture you in this level is Yeah. You, like you can't get by on just you know sitting side by side, having a drink. <laughs> I we talked about this on a past episode where I'm not really down for relationships that I can't go deep on. Yeah. And you know, you have acquaintances and so on and so forth, but I appreciate and I feel like I do this as well for people. Um, like I don't – I want to know the ugly truth. I want someone to give it to me mm. real. I know that I have friends that I can pick up the phone and be like, I'm spinning. <laughs> I need you to ground me and like mm. talk me through this. And I think that there are people as well – equal parts in holding me accountable and that I feel like I would hold accountable both in terms of how we both show up in the friendship. But I also want people that are going to celebrate me. And even like little wins around like personal growth that I've done, not like wins as in like milestones, but I'll give you a good example. For the last few months, I've been back in therapy and I've had a few friends being like, I'm noticing a difference in you. Like, keep up the good work. Like, this is great. And like, when you have a friend that's that close to you that can see that and say those things, or even family, that to me is a mark of a true friendship. Mm. Because it's, that is holding you accountable, but also providing some positive reinforcement for those accountabilities. Yeah. And I'll, I guess like, it's, it's also too, um, they kind of, they hold you accountable because you're vulnerable with them, right? Yeah. 
Like it's you would, they wouldn't be able to, if you, if you weren't. Um, so I think those two kind of do go hand in hand. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's really difficult to be friends with people that you can't go deep with at this point in our lives. I think the other thing for me is like making time, um, which might sound like the opposite of what we talked about last time, but I don't mean you need to be there for my birthday, but I mean, you need to make time communicating with your friend and being like, how can we make time for this? How can we make time for each other? I think that's so, so important. I think sometimes, of course, there are periods where that's really, really tricky. Um, But even like, I don't have time in my life for people who are just like, I'm not very good at planning. I'm not a good texter. It's like, yeah, like, I'm sorry, we're in our mid thirties. I need you to help me plan. Like I can't, if like, so for instance, one of my best friends, Nat, she lives in the UK. She's so good at this, but like forward planning. Okay. What are you doing in August? Okay, cool. We're thinking of, we're thinking of like coming to Toronto. What would the timing look like? Are there any no-goes? Like I, that's how I know someone cares about me is when they are building you into it, building me into their life. That does that mean that we have a phone conversation every week? It absolutely does not. Yeah. Um, that's maybe not doable for us, or maybe that's not what works for us. Um, but we always kind of stay connected and we have these touch points where we know that we're going to be able to have like those deep and meaning- meaningfuls. Um, so yeah, I think it, time becomes less about like needing to be there for the big things, which I, I referenced last time, but building you into into your life, into their life. No, I completely agree. I don't have anything to add. No notes. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> um, do you want to make new friends in your 30? Do you feel like you have room? Because I feel like I'm tapped out. Because <laughs> I did. did. I made new friends new- this year. Yeah, yeah, you made new friends last year. Mm. Which I'm very happy with. I think I would be open to making some new friends, but, um, I think my, my answer has never really changed. Like, I feel like I'm always, Julia was, <laughs> my friend Julia, who I went to India with was like, you have like 47 close friends. <clears throat> like it's more than I'm comfortable with. Like it's, it's just a lot of people in your life that you're trying to keep up with. So I think I kind of go back and forth on whether or not I do in fact have room for more friends. Yeah. It sounds like so up my own ass. I'm like, I have so many close friends, but I do feel like I have everyone I need. I just am always interested in meeting new people. So like if I'm going to sign up to a pottery class or I'm going to do something else, like, and I meet someone really cool, then yeah, I'll probably collect another friend. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like the way you put that. Um, Okay, but to this point, your full up roster of friends is full. What would cause you to end a friendship at this point and clear space for someone new to come in? Because you, it's not infinite. No, it's not. Um, well, I guess it comes back to some of the things that we talked about being important in your friendships in your 30s. Like, if the time thing didn't happen, if, as in like building me into their life, if, um, and vice versa, of course, if, um, 
I didn't feel like we could go get vulnerable with each other if I didn't feel like I understood what was going on in their life. Or like, I think too, weirdly, because I was saying I hate change and I'm so nostalgic for different parts of my life or different eras of my life. Um, but I think too, like if someone's really stagnant, I think that is difficult, not because I'm judging them for being stagnant, but like if, if I don't feel like they have goals, excuse me, if I don't feel like they have goals of their own or they're not sort of like working towards something or, um, yeah, looking to the future and like wanting to get excited about what that could look like. I think that makes it hard to kind of make space for them. Um, does that sound really horrible? I don't know. Like, I don't mean that I wouldn't, I don't know that I don't mean like I wouldn't be there for someone, um, to help them if they, to help them kind of like tap into what they want and have those tough conversations. I think it's like the double whammy of like, if someone's not willing to be vulnerable with you and they're also not interested in sort of growth in any way, that's when it's really difficult to, um, to, yeah, keep that friendship. I don't have any of them in my life, so it's all hypothetical right now, but, um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, I think there's different ways that friendships end. There's like the dramatic friend breakups, which to me would only really come from a misalignment of values or some deeply unsettling behavior. Yeah. That you just need to be like, or conflict that I think that, but it, that's rare to me. Um, I don't think there's much that someone could say to me to end a friendship, but I think what I could see happening at this point is what could someone do to stop me from investing further in a friendship? Mm. Right? Like, which is just more of a pulling back of an energy. And I think that's just based on uh, effort on both sides. Yeah. I feel like you're being really articulate today. Really? Because um, I feel like I'm talking out of my ass. Oh, well, I feel, like, I feel like that was a really good way of putting it because I think even for me, I don't think there's a point in my life where I'm going to sit someone down and be like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I think it's, it is. Yeah, no. The, unless they're like stealing from me or doing something horrible. Yeah. But, or um, like you may have a falling out, like you have a very like yes. big fight and that just um, leads to an ending of a friendship. But I think what's more likely is everyone just like, it's like a casual, it's like a mutual ghost of friendship. Totally. And that has happened and it makes me sad. I think this is just a byproduct of distance and a level of closeness for sure. But like, there are some people who I really adored that I met in the UK that I just, yep. we have not kept up and that's on both sides. It's not to say that anyone like that I met did anything wrong. It's just like you have, you only have so much energy and at a certain point, sometimes I think it just becomes like, if I saw them, it would be awesome and I would, I would like spend an evening getting dinner and drinks with them and like it would be great. But to what extent can I invest my energy regularly in this relationship? And yep. so I guess that's more what I've experienced as opposed to like the end of a friendship in a, in a you know, 
very um, intentional way. Yeah. I hear you. Um, okay. Should we, should we round this conversation about friendship out and talk about how we've sort of approached actually holding on to the friendships we really care about in our thirties? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm losing it. I'm like, I'm on a slow fade right now. Yeah. Where I need to get horizontal stat. Um, I think for me, there's, and again, being on the, I feel like I'm on the other side of the splinter era, like, or I can see the, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. a little bit. I think you have to remind yourself any friendship that you have, why is it worth keeping? And then I do think as relationships ebb and flow through your thirties and, and so on and so forth, you almost just have to keep that reasoning in the back pocket because that will lead to building some empathy for mm-hmm. the other person, which I think is so important so you don't build resentment. And I think in tandem to that, it's very important to also communicate your needs to your friends more clearly than you've ever done in your life to date. So while you can be empathetic for what someone's going through or the situation they're in or what their life looks like and why that may or may not lead to them being able to maintain the same friendship that they have in the past. At the same time, you also have to tell someone you can't expect them to read your mind. Mm. Listen, I love you. I get it. I understand X, Y, Z is going on in your life, but here's what I need from you. If it's, I need to see you at least once a month. I don't care if I have to come to you and like, you know, we sit down and have a coffee or we go for a walk or um, what it is. If you, if you need someone who's going to text you frequently and check in with you a lot, communicate that. And I think just level setting those expectations is how you're going to keep friendships. And that's how you can weather stormier waters where it's not smooth sailing and it does take more effort. Um, but like any relationship, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. So to me, that's the thing. And I would just take really big stock of, you know, are you holding on to a friendship just because it's always been there and it feels comfortable? Or are you holding on to it because it actually adds value to your life right now? Yeah. I don't have much to add to that other than like for friends that you actually, it doesn't have to just be friends that you're in the same city as, but Um, For friends that I am in the same city as, I'm trying to build more rituals into my Mm -hmm. week. So um, with my friend Emily, like going to a workout class once a week after work, even if we don't get dinner afterwards, like I'm still in a workout class with her. We're still spending a little bit of time together. So that's really nice. And then with friendships, and I haven't successfully done this at all, um, but I would like to, friendships um, in the UK, I'm trying to do like at least one extended voice note a week or um that's lovely or like a phone call on a Sunday or yeah. what, whatever it is it, I'm still struggling with with that I actually had my friend shout out to my friend Emily from New York she literally sent me a google form that said like when are you available for a bi-weekly conversation and like then, then like gave me like options that worked for her. And it wasn't just to me. She sent it to several, like all of her her friends. But 
um yeah then she sent me a, a recurring google calendar invite i, I like, love that this is epic um yeah i love a yeah. google calendar i love a calendar invite at all it's wonderful yeah no it was um kind of iconic i think and that's ballsy. the thing that you said about rituals is really interesting it doesn't have to be consistent but i think also being flexible on the manner in which you hang out with your friends in your 30s like i have a friend my friend chloe she had a baby and uh it was just a bit harder for us to find time together. And I was like, well, let's get dinner. Let's go for drinks. And that just wasn't aligned with like where she was at. And she also lives a little bit further from me. And so where I feel like she and I have really reconnected more over the last year or two is we'd go to like a yoga class together and then go get brunch after. Yeah. And like that, like just changing the way in which you meet up and the, like, or I'll go over to her house and hang out with her and her son you know, or like, we'll go for a walk. Like it doesn't have to be the environment in which you maintain your friendship doesn't have to be the constant. If what you're looking to keep constant is your friendship. Yeah. It's so true. And like, for me, my ritual with some of my friends is literally like in Brampton, I just go up and we sit on the couch and I play with Bromley and we talk while I play. Like that's the ritual is that I go up once a month and sit on the couch yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be fancy. <laughs> it could be no. something very, very simple. Um, but yeah, just making the time for it. Um, and it's hard and it changes with everyone, but you got to do the work. You got to. I don't like the way I just said that. That's okay. I think it's time for you to go lay down. Um, yeah. I need to undo my pants as well. <laughs> I'm in like very unforgiving jeans right now that are just <laughs> digging into my like lower gut. And I could be comfier. All right. We'll go get comfy. Um, please share this episode with someone you think would like it. We really appreciate, we really appreciate that. And let us know if there's any topics that you want us to cover. We will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.